Blog Talk Radio. Welcome in to Talking Turps, a show which covers University of Maryland basketball and football. Talking Turps is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Terrapins. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome to Talking Turfs. I'm your host, C.T. Schwenk. Thank you for joining us this May 5th, 2016. In addition to all those things, uh, liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter, you should also subscribe on iTunes. That's the best way, the, uh, the fastest way to get the show, really. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at C.T. Schwenk. And on the other line, my co-host, Zach Kiesel. Zach, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, C.T. How are you? Doing great. It's been a little while since we talked. I'm excited to get into it. I've uh, I've been a little bit under the weather, so this is probably the most energetic I've felt in a week. So I'm ready to pot. Yeah, I hear you had a little bit of a uh, a mishap at at everyone's favorite uh, uh, fast food restaurant. Yeah, so I I believe that I got food poisoning from Chipotle. Are you a Chipotle guy? Are you were you a Chipotle guy? Where do, where do you, you know, stand you're on gonna, You're going to find this very interesting. I have never had Chipotle in my life. Wow. Why Why is that? You're not interested. You're not a, a burrito guy. Conscious decision Honest, to stay away from it. Honestly, I've really never had an op, a good opportunity. And I'm a college student, so I'm broke. And it's a little expensive. I'm sure I'll have it eventually. Nothing against it. I know, although with between the E. coli scares and your thing, I don't know. I don't know. I may be waiting a couple of years before I before I hop in the Chipotle world. That's interesting because the the Chipotle, you know, right on Route One. That for there's rumors that for a time that was like the most, you know, crowded Chipotle in America. That was like the biggest, you know, money maker of all the franchises. So. I'm pretty shocked that you you've never been, but I don't. After what I went through, and you know all the, everything you hear on the news, I, I don't really blame you if you if you stay away. Um, yeah, so I, I I don't I don't I don't know where uh, all these college kids are getting all this money to to go to Chipotle. That that stuff's expensive, man. Like I mean, it's for like a college student. Yeah, it's but compared expensive. to like Chick, compared to like Chick Fil A, you go over there, it's like just like five or six, you can get yourself a meal like that. That's that's a good two dollars. You save that up, you can get another meal. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of food you're getting for, I mean, that's the thing. Like, the burritos are massive, um, probably part of my downfall personally, but, um, (laughs) hmm, interesting. Well, so I've been been on the Chipotle bandwagon for years, and I was banging the drum, you know, during, like, the whole E. coli neurovirus thing, and when people cleared out of Chipotle, I was like, oh, this is great, there's no more lines anymore, Um, and then it's all, it all came back around, and bit me in the ass because last week I it probably has something to do with me eating like way too much of it I definitely might have had double meat don't tell anyone but uh the next morning I woke up you know thought I was gonna have my usual post chipotle bowel movement and then from there things got ugly so uh, I was laid up till like Sunday and then kind of lethargic throughout the rest of uh, this week 
That's rough, man. Yeah. I've never had food poisoning. <laughs> I'm knocking on wood right now. Uh, but I have had some bad reactions to food, and it always seems to be Mexican food. So maybe the answer is to just not eat Mexican food ever. Man, I can't. See, that's it's my one seat yeah. for, like, types of food. That would be like, yeah, that would be like don't don't eat seafood. Couldn't do that. Yeah, no uh, more crabs. Anyway. That's not an option. <laughs> Definitely not. Let's uh, let's get into it here. We got some turtle talk to get to. We've been away for a little bit, and I guess that was pr- that was probably a little bit better since the off season. Let's uh, this kind of stuff build more to talk. About. Uh, the biggest thing, the A block here. While we were away, DJ Durkin, he pulls off his biggest coup uh, of his short time as their own head football coach. He lands the number one defensive end in the 2017 class, Josh Kando. Kando? Here I am again, bad at names. But, uh, I don't know what that says about me, but I think it's Kando. You you probably have it better than me. I would say in Kando, but okay. that doesn't – now that I'm looking at the name, that doesn't – that probably doesn't make sense, so we'll we'll go with yours. We'll go with Kane, though. We'll figure it out. Uh, he's he's out of uh, IMG Academy in Florida, originally uh, from Baltimore. Um, teammate of fellow 2017 commit and four-star defensive tackle Cam Spence. Uh, he's another third or third five-star Maryland's picked up in recent years. Uh, Stephon Diggs and Damian Prince being the other two. Six-five, two thirty-five, runs a four-seven. Um, we'll, I'm sure we'll see him in game one uh, of the 2017 season. And what I really love about him, I mean, obviously I, I love defensive linemen, um, but I feel like uh, edge rusher and running back are kind of the two best positions for freshmen to come in and just have an instant impact because they're really the two positions on either side of the ball where you can just say, you know, either with the ball or go to the ball, just, just run, just go. And uh, so hopefully, you know, out of out of all these guys in this 2017 class that, uh, you know, is looking better by the week, he uh, he's probably going to have the most impact uh, right out of the gate, not just because of his position, but also because he seems immensely talented as well. Were you surprised by this? There was a little bit of drama that he like didn't tweet out Maryland in his, his final four, but obviously he ends up choosing them. What was your reaction to yeah. this news? So when the, when the news came out, you know, when he – so obviously he tweeted out a couple of weeks ago his top four schools, as recruits will do. Um, Maryland was not on that list, which surprised it, it. So that surprised a lot of people, including me. I mean, it was rumored for a while that Maryland was his top choice, or at least in the top two. Um, obviously that was that, that's huge news. But um, yeah, when he didn't include Maryland in the top four, it was odd. Um, but later in the day. We were hearing things that, well, even though we didn't include Maryland, they're still the favorite to get him, which was weird. Although you saw some people switch over to Notre Dame in their predictions. Um, And then when he did officially commit, he committed to Maryland, um, as most people were projecting beforehand. Uh, Apparently this was the the plan all along. He had planned with uh, teammates like Cam Spence and some other people in the 2017 class. I guess he just likes to screw with people. And, hey, I have nothing against that, especially when the people you're screwing with are, are Penn State and Ohio State. That was, that was pretty nice. And seeing their fans' reactions uh, was, was pretty nice. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, he's, 
he's one of, if not the best recruit that Maryland's ever had. Um, he's rated higher um, in most of the recruiting circles than Stefan Diggs was. Um, he's ranked as the number one weak side defensive end in the country by 24-7 sports. Number four player overall in the state of Florida, obviously a talent-rich state. And number 22 player overall in the entire country. So uh, this has propelled Maryland's 2017 recruiting class into uh, top 25 territory with, with some big boys. Um, and I believe they're currently ranked higher than LSU um, and some of the other, like Texas also, I believe. Hey, I'll take that. Let's uh, let's get Chase Young on the other side, and uh, then we'll really be sad. This is this is awesome. I can't believe. I'm like, I, I mean, this is this is kind of what we hoped that Randy Etzel was going to do uh, when he showed up. I mean, obviously, he was a far less exciting hire than DJ Durkin, but like, this is kind of the groundswell that we've been craving for a while, and I'm pretty surprised and very excited that uh, Durkin's been able to to tap into it. So. In the recruiting season, as I said last time, it, it's still young um, to have, you know, three, four stars, five star already on board. That's that's huge. And that can only uh, bode well for their momentum as, as the season continues. Yeah. And you mentioned Chase Young, and that would be huge to get on the other side. Obviously, he's a four or five star strong side defensive end, pure pass rusher, um, another one of the best defensive ends in the country. And it's funny when. I was on Twitter um, and I tweeted out something about the, the Kando commit and an Ohio state fan tweeted back to me. Well, Ohio state has always known that Chase Young was the bigger prize anyway, which number one doesn't make much sense because Kando is ranked higher than young in every recruiting circle. But uh, also <laughs> Chase Young is also projected to Maryland. So if Ohio state's putting all their eggs in that basket, I wouldn't get their hopes up. So um yeah, but like you said, recruiting, it's still young, especially for 2017. Um, and you mentioned Randy Edsel, and I think, you know, I was, a, I was obviously a Randy Edsel supporter, so this, this comes with some bias. I think that he really laid the <laughs> groundwork for some of the stuff you're seeing um, as far as recruiting goes. He's made some of these connections. Obviously, Durkin came in with all of these connections to Florida, um, but Edsel, I think, legitimized a little bit more the modern Maryland pride movement, the DMV to UMD movement, of course, along with Mike Loxley, which has put Maryland in the back of the minds of maybe some of these, these bigger name recruits. Obviously we didn't see this level of recruiting with Edsel, um, but we saw an uptick and this is just continuing that. And Durkin obviously came in and immediately had a huge impact. Um, and it's, it's great to see in the future of Maryland football is, is, pretty bright right now. Um, and we didn't know that it would be looking this bright immediately. We knew Durkin would have a mid impact, but to get one of the best players in the country on board um, this early in the process for 2017, uh, I think, I think expectations are rising pretty quickly. Look at you sneaking in some Randy Edsel praise in there. You know, I have to do it. That was, that was, you know, as, as we get to know each other a little bit more, that was one of the first things you revealed. You were like, got to, got to come clean. I, I was a Randy, Randy Edsel supporter until the end. I really was. And, oh, God. and, you know, it, it, the Bowling Green game kind of started it. And then the West Virginia game, <laughs> I was like, all right, it's probably time. Um, but yeah, I'm, 
unabashedly, I was a I was a Randy Edsel supporter. I try to be as as unbiased as I can. I hope he's doing well up in Detroit. Yeah, I'm sure he's uh, enjoying some time off right now. Um, right. But speaking of Randy Edsel guys, three of them selected in the NFL draft last weekend. Two See, he was doing something day. right. Yeah. We uh, see saw Sean Davis come off the board in the second round, going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yannick Ngakwe, he goes in the third round to the Jaguars. And then Quinton Jefferson goes in the fifth round to the Seahawks. That's a pretty good haul. I mean, all the first five rounds. Um, and actually, I think the biggest surprise here is, is Sean Davis going so early. I, you know, I was typing up these notes, and, and even when I saw that he was had, had been drafted, first of all, you know, I was excited for, you know, anytime a Maryland Terrapin can go high in the NFL draft, that's, that's great for everyone. But I was, I don't know, I'm not, I wasn't a big Sean Davis fan. I, I was doing some reading on it. I guess I, um, you know, in the malaise of a three and nine season that I forgot that he, I don't think if he, I think he led the team in tackles. Um, he had a couple interceptions. Uh, you know, he was good in run support, but I think where I was shaded was that he was, uh, pretty bad in, in pass defense. So, you know, that, that kind of threw me for a loop there, but I guess he had a great combine. Um, I actually, you know, I thought Yannick would, would go ahead of uh, of him, honestly. That that was kind of the big thing for me. But, you know, Yannick in the third round for the Jags, that's a steal for a big couple. Yeah, I mean, it was a great day for Maryland, and it's one of their best drafts in recent memory. Um, they obviously didn't have a first rounder like they had, you know, with when Torrey Smith went and when um, was Torrey Smith first round. I don't even remember. He was close. Mm, if he wasn't and, first, it was it ended the beginning of the second. Sorry. Yeah, and obviously Hayward Bay went first round, um, and Vernon Davis when he left. But in recent memory, this is one of the more successful drafts. Um, Sean Davis. Like you said, he did have a really good combine. He had a re- some really good workouts with teams. He had a really good senior day um, so, or pro day. So you didn't see. I don't. I don't think you saw his full potential. He's he's very. He was a very athletic player. Obviously, he could play safety and corner. And for teams that are looking now for more aggressive physical corners, you know, kind of in the Seattle Seahawks mold, he fits that. He's a very aggressive guy. He, he doesn't really have a lot of ball skills, so you're not going to see him, um, you know, rack up a bunch of interceptions. But I think he's solid enough in pass coverage. Ideally, I think you, you move him to safety. I think he was better suited there. He was moved to corner, number one, out of necessity at Maryland, and number two, to kind of showcase his versatility. Uh, but I liked Sean when he was here. He, he was a very solid tackler, like you mentioned. He led the team in tackles last year, and he led the team in tackles in 2014 as well, I believe, or 2015 uh, and, and 2014, I think. Um, and he's just a very aggressive guy who uses his athleticism very well. Um, and, got, and there was actually talk about him going in the first round, um, late in the first round. Teams were very impressed with him. Um, and then, like you mentioned, Ngakwe went in the third round. It was great for the Jaguars. Um, they, they really loaded up on the defense in their draft. So it's going to be fun to watch him with them. 
And I think Quentin Jefferson is a great fit for him in Seattle with the scheme that they run. He'll be able to stay inside at defensive tackle, which is what he played for Maryland last year. And he can pass rush a little bit from that position as well. So he's very versatile. I think all three of those guys will succeed uh, at the next level. And then you saw some guys go as undrafted free agents. Uh, Brandon Ross, running back, who's been pretty much the Maryland starting running back for the last three years or so, went to the Vikings. Uh, So he'll be able to work with Adrian Peterson or work under him. Um, And Brad Craddock went to Cleveland. So he'll be able to compete possibly for a starting kicker job. He kind of, you know, the interesting thing with Craddock is, you know, some people were speculating that he might get drafted um, or he might go quickly as an undrafted free agent. Really, he went a day or two without being signed. There were a good number of kickers that were signed before him, which I found odd. Um, in fact, the Browns picked up another undrafted free agent kicker before Craddock, but hopefully he's able to, to leave his mark um, as the Lou Groza award winner. He should be able to succeed at, in the NFL. So there's a lot of guys that, that we're going to be looking for on Sundays this year. You know, it's not like uh, last year where really all we looked for was Stefan Diggs. We got a few other guys to root for. I was shocked that Brad Craddock didn't get didn't get drafted and at least in the seventh round. I mean, um, what's his name? Roberto Aguayo. I mean, I don't, this was kind of crazy, but he went in the second round. Um, but that's who Brad Craddock beat out for the, the Lou Groza in 2014. Um, I just thought it was kind of crazy that, you know, one of the best kickers in college football uh, gets no love, but I, I'm sure, I mean, if he doesn't stick in Cleveland, he's, he's got to stick somewhere. I mean, uh, I'm looking at the Maryland press release they sent out today about it and um i mean he was 57 for 70 all time in maryland and that includes his first year where he was absolutely horrific um that's pretty goddamn good so uh hopefully we'll we'll see him out there i have, I have less uh hope for aj hendy and, and ross unfortunately but um hopefully they hopefully they stick definitely uh nice to have some some new terrapin faces in the nfl ranks to uh look for on mondays while i'm watching red zone yeah, and Andrew Zeller, um, offensive guard, uh, very underrated player for Maryland the last last few years, went to Detroit. So guess who he's going to be reunited with? Mmm, the old Rangoon. So it that's all, an interesting little tidbit. I wonder. <laughs> I, I just. I'm sure. I'm sure Randy had a uh, had a little bit of input on that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, good, good for him. Hope maybe he, to some extent, was uh, was looking out and, and helped him get in the door. Way to go, Randy. Let's uh, let's let's keep it on the Randy train here. Another one of Randy's guys, Abner Logan. We're we're moving down the line here. Uh, Abner Logan out at the University of Maryland. He's going to play his senior season, or I guess he'll do the grad year season with uh someone else that kind of stretches things out at linebacker uh could be dicey he didn't really give a reason why he was going uh which is um you know he was he was slated to be a starter so i don't know what's going on there uh maybe shane cockrell sees more playing time um this is kind of this is unfortunate for uh for the terps i mean the linebacking position was already a little bit suspect and it's uh it's only going to get worse i suppose yeah, it's unfortunate for Logan as well. Um, of course, his career, he came in as a, a very good four-star recruit in 2012, I want to say, 
Um, mm-hmm. And he redshirted, he redshirted his first year. And then he, he played sporadically in 2013. He was kind of buried on the depth chart behind Cole Ferrand and L.A. Gurry. Um, and then he, you know, he had an ACL injury last year. It's just been a, it's been a tough career at Maryland for him. I'm not sure why he left. He's not a local kid, so if it's family issues, that, that could make some sense. He's from up in Massachusetts. But, you know, certainly wish him all the best. He was slated to be a starter. He was slated to be the starting uh, weak side linebacker for Maryland this year. I actually have Shane Cockerell uh, slated to start now, um, now that Logan is out. Uh, I think it's pretty telling that we saw Cockerell starting in the spring game alongside Jermaine Carter at linebacker. I think they like what I think the coaching staff likes what they see in Cockerell, and I think it's a, there's a very good chance that he ends up starting. There's a lot of unproven guys behind him at the position. So um, Jalen Brooks is also another guy who, if the Terps go with a lot more nickel, he could see time as the second linebacker. He'd need to improve his agility a little bit. He's more of a a big run stopping linebacker, but you know that's another possibility. Uh, I think what you end up seeing is the Terps playing a lot. And I posted about this um, in the forum when, when Logan announced that he was going to transfer. Um, I think you see Maryland play a little more nickel. Uh, and I think perhaps you see the third defensive back, the, like the third cornerback, play more of a hybrid, maybe a safety linebacker role. Uh, and I think Denzel Conyers is a perfect fit for that. He's played both safety and linebacker. So maybe even against some of the bigger pro-style offenses, the Terps do go with really two true linebackers on the field, but they add a bigger nickel safety or something like that. Uh, they'll have to get creative, but DJ Durkin knows how to do that. And I, I think he'll handle it as well as anyone could. Mm, interesting take there. Did not even consider uh, Conyers and – in that sort of position. All right. Well, I guess that's all. That's all I got for football this evening. Um, actually, we're rolling through some stuff. I guess you know while we said the, the Josh Kando stuff was was kind of the, the lead here. I think the biggest, most talked about thing in Maryland sports, uh, probably since the basketball team, or I guess since Josh Kando, but. Jared Nickens, Jalen Brantley, they appear on Ellen for uh, their popularization of the Running Man Challenge. We talked about it last time. So apparently there are two high school kids that kind of threw it out there, you know, on the internet. And then uh, Jared and Jalen, I guess Jalen saw it first. I guess he's from New Jersey where these kids are from. That's how I saw it. And then they start making the videos. They go on Ellen. They do the dance and everything. Uh, It was actually pretty funny. And uh, thanks a lot, NCAA, because Jared and Jalen, they got boxers for showing up on uh, on Ellen show. And uh, the high school kids, they uh, they got <laughs> walked out of there with ten thousand dollars. So uh, I'm sure that didn't feel great, but they they got their their time on the small screen. That must have been fun. Did you yeah, watch the how... uh, the clip? I, I did watch the clip and I, I saw. Did you see the clip of where Maryland basketball tweeted out, they showed the the whole team watching it together the next day. <laughs> yeah. Demondi Dodge look, is losing his mind. <laughs> right. And and then just Jalen and Jared just sitting there, just stone-faced. Just, they couldn't believe it. They just, 
they did not. I don't. I don't. It looked like they didn't want to be there. They were. They were embarrassed. But uh, yeah, I think they're <laughs> they're the two guys that that keep it keep it pretty loose in that locker room. But they they better uh, they better. I, I don't know if they can do that during games. I, I don't know if that's frowned upon. But that's I would love to see that in during timeouts. Just there you because you know Maryland basketball. They're going to be playing that in the arena all year next year. Oh yeah. Wait, just wait for it to be just run straight into the ground and everyone hate it by like mid December. It's gonna be all the students are gonna be doing it. It's gonna be one of those timeout thing where everybody does the running man. Um, yeah. It's it's kind of gonna be like uh, you got what I need. The song they play. Yeah. Do you think? I mean, it would it only be like truly like fun if they're if they're good. Like if you know. Jared is playing really well next year. And what, what if he makes it kind of like his shimmy, you know, I think that would be a, a nice touch to uh, him in on court. Yeah. I, I don't know if I, I'm pretty sure Turgeon will put a, put a <laughs> stop to that. I, you know, dancing while you're running backwards on the court, you slip and fall and bam, you're done. Yeah, I think when you when you say put a stop to it, probably uh, more like a foot up his ass. <laughs> I think that that's probably more his style. Can you are Whatever how works. are your how are your how are your dance moves overall? Could you do the running band? Could you do the do the challenge? I I got some rhythm. I'm a I'm a drummer, so I do have some rhythm. Now, as far as moves go, I don't know. I feel like if I if I got it down, I could I could I could rock it. You there, CT? There, there you are. I don't know what happened. My internet, uh, my flash plugin stopped working. That's good. Um. It's, it's anyway, not as our you were show saying, without some technical difficulties, but uh, yeah, got some rhythm. You you can lay it down a little bit. A little bit. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm uncoordinated and there's no there's no way I could I I toyed around my mind with it and I almost just like tried you know by myself just being like hey, can I <laughs> made it on the floor personally um, well so, yeah maybe maybe with a, a few drinks in you maybe you could maybe you could get it going I don't know yeah I'm, uh, I've got I got a couple beers on me I'm planning on going out after this so you know maybe I'll try tonight when I'm out might as well give it a shot. You're not going to remember it, so. Good point. Good point. <laughs> okay, so the only thing I got here, which really don't even have to talk about, uh, I just personally I like to um, to pile on to Maryland's foes, former and present, and uh, this these past two weeks were kind of a big week for that. I guess not really. I mean, uh, the first thing I got here, UNC. Looking like they're going to get off easy. I don't know if you follow this at all, but uh, I, I I think I like to like hate read like about the the dumb and inept things that the NCAA does just to get fired up. And uh, so they return an amended notice of allegations to UNC. First of all, made up a degree in classes, and they've been running this scam for years, just giving out degrees to uh, to athletes, and then I think non-athletes too. Uh, 
had a bunch of people, you know, former players testify to it, former academic advisors. So showing this whole thing's a scam. We were at the NCAA for over a year. And then they come back and they're like, eh, maybe it wasn't so bad as we thought. And, you know, most of the wrongdoing was with the women's basketball team. The women's basketball team? I mean, this is this is just ludicrous. It's, it makes me so mad, man. Like, how, how are you going to, like, fire Jim Tressel because this guy's got some free tattoos? But UNC makes a fake degree program and runs it for years, and now they're not going to do anything about it. It just blows my mind. Like, it's so crazy. Like, Reggie Bush's mom needed a place to live, and they wanted they took his Heisman away. Like, what a joke. Yeah, you get fired up about these up. things like I do. <laughs> There's nothing I, I to just, do I've, except be outraged. <laughs> I've I've given up trying to figure out what the NCAA is thinking. Just like I've I've given up figuring out trying to or trying to figure out what Roger Goodell's thinking. I think I think I think Roger Goodell should just leave the NFL and run the NCAA because then we could at least consolidate the two of them into one entity. Yeah, I mean, the NCAA is basically minor league football and basketball, so it makes sense. I like it. It's it. I mean, it's so crazy. I I don't don't know. Like, how can they not just blow the athletic department up? Like, like the 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 one thing that they like try and pretend they stand for is students getting you know degrees, and this is like a complete violation of this like phony pact that they tout and they're just gonna kind of shrug their shoulders and uh, point their infractions canon elsewhere i mean they they still might get you know infractions handed down uh to nc but you know that might not be later in this year 2017 which you know the, the speed of this is also mind-numbing but uh yeah that's my that's my rant on it um the other fun thing not well this definitely is not fun but uh piling on here uh penn state's some uh, some news last night. Joe Paterno might have known about uh, Jerry Sandusky and his evil doings. It's 1976. And that's not so much. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, that's, if it's true or whatever, but like I've decided to go on to Penn State message boards today just to see what was what was buzzing. Um, because if you think UNC people are crazy being like, oh, there's no there's nothing to see over here. No fake degree program. Uh, the Penn State people are nuts. I don't know. You probably have friends who went to Penn State. I, being from this area, you know, we, we tend to intermingle. But like these Joe Paterno folks are are literally cuckoo. Have you dabbled in any of that? Have you have you cruised around the to see kind of reaction today? Yeah, I've seen some some of the stuff on Twitter. The Joe Paterno thing is like a cult. It's kind of like uh, UVA and their whole, like, Thomas Jefferson cult. Like, you can do no mm-hmm. wrong, even though you were kind of weird. You were kind of weird. Um, yeah, Paterno, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Honestly, I'm not surprised by this Paterno news. I, I mean, I figured at the time he knew about this the whole time and just covered it up, you know. It just kind of seemed seemed like the way it was. But, yeah, del- delusional fans, it's, it's nothing new. They're everywhere crazy to me that like so like if you follow like these are just allegations like this doesn't prove anything but if you want to go by the evidence 2001 was like when joe you know originally found out 
And like the fact that people are like, well, you know, it doesn't like it go back that far, just to 2001. Oh, just 11 years of covering up, uh, you know, sexual abuse to children. Uh, you know, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't get the the hill that people are dying on. Like, who cares? Like, get over it. These people are scummy. Like, you know, it's big business. Like, what do you? I mean, I can understand like attachment to it all uh, to a certain extent, but come on, people. Think about in the children. News, in in better news, yes, please. Uh, at least referring to Penn State, uh, Maryland's men's lacrosse team beat Penn State last night in the Big Ten uh, tournament semifinal, sixteen to nine. Was a was a very good game, and the Maryland women's lacrosse team. Let me let me see. That should that should be a final by now. Let me check on that. They were they were crushing yeah. when uh when before we went on here. Yeah, so the women's lacrosse team beat Rutgers uh, 19 to nine, and they're going to be in the Big Ten championship game as well. Um, and they'll face the winner of Penn State and Northwestern, which is going on right now. So, good time for Maryland lacrosse. Both teams are number one in the country. Uh, both teams are in the Big Ten championship game, um, and they're both very strong. And the men's team, after kind of a Rocky start is is probably one of the hottest teams in men's lacrosse. So it's going to be an exciting. I mean, obviously we talked about either last week or a couple of weeks ago that the uh, the the NCAA Final Four for both men's and women's is over Memorial Day weekend in Philadelphia. So that that should be a good weekend for for Terps fans if everything keeps going the way that it's going. Yeah, I watched my my first lacrosse game um i watched maryland take down john hopkins for the big 10 title and oh man that crab trophy is so cool a huge fan yeah of it's pretty it's pretty nice and it that that disappointed me when when maryland didn't come home with it uh last year especially since i stood in the in the cold and the rain to watch that whole game last year and maryland got got beat um but yeah, it was, it's it's a good feeling to beat Hopkins, especially on the road. Um, there were there was a good contingent of Maryland fans out there too. I didn't I didn't go to the game, um, but I know a good number of people who did, and they showed up well. So uh, yeah, obviously. So both Mar- that's the other thing. Both uh, the men's and the women's lacrosse team won outright the the Big Ten regular season title. So. Very impressive time for for Maryland lacrosse. For sure, and we got uh, and the women's team. They're going for their third consecutive national title, which would be absolutely bananas. It's actually their third. It would be their third and their fourth year. Um, ah, yeah. So they beat they beat Syracuse four years ago or so. Three, whatever it is. Three years ago, they beat Syracuse. Two years ago, they lost to North Carolina. Last year, they beat North Carolina in the rematch. And then this year, they look. Now, the thing about this year's team, um, this year's team is even better for Maryland than last year's team. If uh, It's hard to believe. But they're calling this year's Maryland women's lacrosse team the best ever in the history of the sport. Um, and they're obviously led by Taylor Cummings, 
who is widely considered the best player ever in the history of women's lacrosse. Um, and she's going to be going for her third straight Twarton Award, uh, which is given to the best player in women's lacrosse. So, uh, And this, the women's lacrosse team is only going to continue getting better. Their recruiting class is by far the best in the country, and it, it's just going to continue because of the talent in the state. Crab cakes and lacrosse, that's what Maryland does. Zach, when is graduation day? Graduation day is May 18th. Commencement is May 18th. I am going. I'm going to go see Kevin Plank uh, give the commencement address. Um, And it's going to be a good time. You know what sucks, though? I've got a final exam on commencement day. What? That sounds like some garbage. Yeah, so like I've been tweeting at Wallace Lowe, he won't he won't respond to me. I've been emailing him, he won't respond to me. I don't know. But let's uh, try and get him on the pod. We, you know what, we should. And I should <laughs> lambast him for giving me a final on commencement day. But I figure I'll probably just go in my cap and gown and just just show up that way. Oh, that's a good bit. I like that. Yeah. So I was supposed to have two finals on commencement day, but we, we bugged the professor and she made it a take home, which was, which was mm. nice. But yeah, I don't know what this deal is with finals on commencement day. I'm I'm not about that. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. That's uh can never go wrong with the take home final. Very true. All right, buddy. Anything else you want to discuss? I think we we've hit on it all today. I think we hit on it all. We didn't hit on any basketball. Um, there's not really a whole lot of news, uh, not really any news on the transfer front. Um, obviously, LG Gill is in town. Um, they're gonna, the Terps are going to be hosting him. He's a Duquesne graduate transfer. Um, I believe he's like 6'8", 225, could potentially play the three, probably the four, since it looks like they're going to be going with a small lineup next year. It'd be a big, uh, it'd be a big pickup, especially for depth. And he may even be able to start immediately at the four. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. I'm sure we'll have some news coming out of that by the end of the weekend. Um, but we'll see if Turgeon can uh, work the transfer market, uh, work his magic there again. Yeah. Hopefully he gets it done one more time. And, um, hopefully by the time the next time we speak, we'll have heard some uh, some rumors, some gossip about all the uh, the workouts for the guys who have declared. Um, I think the Chicago workouts are coming soon, and I, I think I think just about everyone got invited to that. I could be wrong on that one, but um, so we'll know a little bit more about who's looking good and who's not, and um, inching closer and closer to that. Uh, May 25th deadline and Mellow Trimble still in uh, in flux there, still declared, but no agent. Yeah. So Mellow is working out um, Saturday with the LA Clippers. So we'll see. Right, right. We'll also, we'll also have some news out of that. And like you said, next week is the draft com- combine in Chicago. We'll see what happens with Mellow. looks like right now he's projected to be a, an early to mid second round pick. So he's relying on these workouts and the combine next week to improve that stock because it all accounts seem to say that if he's not a first-round pick, 
he's more likely to come back. Yes, yes. And uh, selfishly, that's what I hope for, but he should do <laughs> some happy. Yeah, we'll Alrighty. see. Let's uh, get it. It'd be nice to have him back, but we'll see. Yeah. All right, let's let's get out of here on that, Zach. We'll uh, we'll figure it out some point next week. We'll uh, we'll return to uh, talk more terrapins. Um, but until then, you should like the Facebook page, follow the Twitter account, and uh, subscribe to this podcast, Talking Terps, on iTunes. Overcast, Downcast, whatever application you may use, just uh, type in Talking Terps and hit subscribe. Uh, tell a friend more than anything else would, would be much appreciated. And uh, we'll be back in about a week or so. We'll figure it out. So for my co-host, Zach Kiesel, I am C.T. Schwink. Roll Terps. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. 